Yeah, Lord, thank you that we can tonight just declare the power of prayer. And we thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. Um, and we thank you, Lord, that all of them are received just tonight, Father. Thank you that you act on them. Um, we thank you, Lord, that you care about people. Lord, you deeply, deeply care about people. So when we pray um, for those, Lord, who are maybe going through a tough time, when we pray for people to have an encounter with Jesus, we know that it's prayer that's in line with your will and with your word. And therefore, um, there is this resounding amen from heaven over the prayers. Pray prayers we pray. Amen. Amen. So as you'll see, we're doing things a little bit differently. Um, and I have my, my trusted co-pilot with me on stage tonight. <laughs> Uh, so obviously, this is one of Riet's top 10 bucket list items, is to speak publicly. Um, yeah. No, so um, yeah, Riet reluctantly agreed, um, but because this is our 10-year wedding anniversary year, she can't deny me. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> um, so guys, if we make it to, the, to September, then praise the Lord. <laughs> But um, so last week, if you're joining us for the first time tonight, last week we started a sermon series called Valleys. And the whole theme for the series is that um, we, we are all in a valley in one way or another. Even if life is great and everything is working out as the way you, you want your life to work out as, we're still in the valley of the resurrection of Jesus and the final return of Christ. Um, so there's still that waiting season where all of us are in anyway. But in this valley season, there's stuff that we go through. There's stuff that doesn't work out the way we want them to work out. There's prayers that go unanswered. There's stuff that happens in our lives um, that is difficult for us to sometimes navigate. But there is a way for us to walk with God in the valley. And tonight, um, yeah, we want to share a little bit from our story of what it looks like in the valley. And a couple of months ago, when, um, so this, this series actually was stirred in my heart last year somewhere um, to, to do a series on suffering or navigating suffering or disappointment. And then a couple of months back when, um, so how my preparation for, for sermon series' work is 99% of this happens here. Um, and then about a week or two before the deadline, then I'll start actioning it on my computer. Um, so a couple of months back here, um, I had the, the, the sense that we need to share a little bit of our story. Um, and for those of you who don't know, so it's been a bit more than six years that we've been trusting the Lord for children of our own. Um, and we're not getting younger. So this year we're both turning 36. I know I don't look it. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, I mean, whenever we go out together, people are like, are you 25? I'm like, no, I'm joking. They don't say that anymore. Um, <laughs> So we're not getting younger, uh, and also there's a part of sharing from within the valley that is different from sharing on the other side of the valley. Um, and that's where this came from, is to, yeah, to let you guys into a little bit of a personal space in our lives. Like I said, this is definitely not Riet's most comfortable space, um, so, but um, we're choosing to share, we're choosing to be vulnerable. Um, yeah, we... Yeah, some of it will be uncomfortable for us, maybe for you. Some of it will definitely be personal. And, and then we're trusting that as we share, there will be places of hope for you as well. That whatever, wherever you find yourself, that there's areas where your story can maybe link to our story. Um, yeah, and that God will, that this story might act as a beacon of hope as well for your life. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, we do need to talk about this because yeah. it yeah, is Mike, a... I say? Is it higher? Yeah, okay, there. Can you all hear me? Okay, good. Um, we do need to talk about this because this is, a, this is quite a difficult topic. And I, I think for many people, um, you know, many people don't want to talk about this. They've heard it's difficult, so they just avoid it. But we really decided we want to share, especially because it's so difficult. And we've walked a long, hard road. It's not been easy. And especially because of that, we've learned so many things. Um, so many valuable things that God has deposited in our hearts and in our lives. And he's still busy with those things. Um, but not to share it, I think, would be a waste. Mm. Yeah, so we've, we've made some notes, hence the iPads. Um, because in our preparation, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we've been journeying through. Um, so we both journal, which is good. If you don't journal, I can recommend it. But going back to our journals, and even there's stuff that we've forgotten about, like whether God maybe did four or five years ago, 
that we've forgotten about um, and to go back again. So we've made some notes because there's some stuff that I don't want to forget. Um, yeah, so that's why we've got the... Yeah, and like Yaka said, it's been six years. So, you know, to remember everything of six years ago is, is yeah, tall order. Um, but just one more thing that I want to add is if we do reflect on the valley and how it's been there, there, there have been, been times that have been more difficult than others. So some of the phases were, if you, if you visualize a cliff and a, uh, a gorge actually with a valley in between and you, you go through sections, um, some sections are really hard. So we want to take you into those sections tonight intentionally because it's real. And you might face a different valley, but it's still a valley. So we do think you will relate with some of the aspects, although it's not exactly the same valley. Yeah. So um, April 2016 is basically when... So we got married September 2012. Um, and then as newlyweds do, we um, did not intentionally try to have children in the beginning um, because we wanted to enjoy our married life for a bit. Um, and I was still studying. I did my master, so children was definitely not an option then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but then April 2016 was when we started to intentionally try for children. Um, and then about a year passed and nothing happened, which is okay. And um, we went to see the doctors and they just encouraged us to keep on trying. So keep on, yeah, keep on doing what you're doing. Um, <laughs> So, um, and then another year passed, um, and um, yeah, nothing changed, so we started to see a fertility specialist, because um, obviously something isn't working the way it should in this, in this process. Um, so then there were some medical challenges that the doctors took us through, um, and we basically just adhered to all of their advice. So everything that they told us to do, we would then do, um, yeah, so... We, we almost embraced it as, okay, this is now the journey. So it's been two years, a little bit more than two years. So this is now the doctor's journey. It's okay. Um, these are now just the next steps. Yeah, and um, we're not going to go into the detail of all that. That is a story on its own, um, the whole process with the doctors and everything. Um, I know for some of you it's more real than for others. So if you ever want to talk to us about it, you're more than welcome. But we're not going to unpack that specific section tonight. The advice I want to give the husbands that maybe find themselves in a similar situation is when the doctors give a brochure of the stuff that you'll be going through, read it, husbands. Um, yeah, because your, your wife will ask you. <laughs> and you can't always say, no, man, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so now after we're doing what the doctors tell us to do, more time passes. Yeah, and then, then um, I think we've already faced a lot of realities in these phases, but then, then um, I think the realities just becomes more enhanced and you really start to um, just to put extra emphasis on this. So what we started noticing and experiencing that started to become very difficult is um, all our peers, all our friends around us started having children and then they started having their second and third children. And that became quite difficult because for me personally, I looked at the, them and their lives and I um, observed how them as people started growing more. They, um, they seemed to learn new life skills and just advance in their lives. And I was looking at them and I was feeling so stuck. I was just like, okay, for years and years and years, I'm just stuck in the same place. I'm not going anywhere just doing the same things I've always been doing, not really growing as a person. So, yes, it was about having children, but it was also more, more than that. It was just, you don't want to be stuck in life. At least that's how I feel. Um, that's obviously not the truth, but it's your subjective perception of what you're going through in that phase. Um, the other things that were difficult is... Everyone around you, and this is not intentional, guys, this is just life, and this is just how people is, is um, all the mommies with children, they're so excited about their children. If you spend time with them, that's, that's all they talk about, actually. They, they actually do we not have We talk about the, our dogs. What? We talk about our dogs. Yeah, you know, guys talk about golf, <laughs> but everyone else, all the ladies, just talk about their kids. 
Um, and at a, at a point, that was quite difficult for me to be in those conversations, to sit there having nothing to contribute. I think from my perspective, I want to contribute. I want to participate in the conversation, but I literally had nothing to say. And I was um, overly focused on that as well. Um, then also, you know how our culture is. People would walk up to you and ask you, um, so we know you're having children. When is the baby coming? How long have you been married? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's really, um, after a while, you don't, you don't know what to tell people anymore. Um, even people you don't know at all, you just you literally just met them at a, at a barbecue. They would ask you, so are you having children? When are they coming? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> literally, what do you say? Um, and obviously that... There was a phase where this angered me quite a lot. I was really like, if one more person <laughs> asks me this, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm now being very honor, uh, honest and vulnerable with you guys. This is literally the thoughts that goes through your head. Like physically um, kill or just? But, yeah, well, physically. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and once again, it's not... It's not by fault of their own. They are just interested in your life. They just want to know what's going on. Um, but you, like I say, you don't know what to say to these people. Um, yeah, and you also become just more aware. You, you're constantly bombarded with these messages. Facebook, 20 people pregnant. Um, the whole time, it's just like, okay, I can't take this anymore. I even started unfollowing people on Facebook because literally all they could do is post about their babies. Yeah, and no offense to those who do post about their babies, all right? Okay, <laughs> yes, we, um... once again, I'm being very vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, um, but that's just life, right? Like, if you're single, it's like, so, where's the boyfriend? Where's the girlfriend? And if you have a girlfriend, so when are you getting married? And when are you getting children? Um, so then our default response would be smile. Trusting God, yeah, so, um, but um, it's, it's in the valley where your faith is tested, um, what you believe about yourself and what you truly believe about God. Um, so when you're in that valley space, those are the things that, that you are confronted with, and, and often in that valley, whenever you try to lift your head, whenever you try to lift yourself up, to put your focus on God again, and to encourage yourself um, you're sometimes just confronted with another valley or another mountaintop or another disappointment. Um, and, and then it's tough. It's tough to keep on encouraging yourself. So Psalm um, 121 verse 1 to 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? Now, we know that scripture, right? So I lift up my eyes to the hill. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Um, that doesn't always work. <laughs> it's like you, you take the scripture and you memorize it and um, when you have that disappointment, that news that comes and says, okay, another month, another try, another um, disappointment, then it's like, okay, I lift my eyes to the, to the hills. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, but then it doesn't feel that way. Um, and the, the scriptures doesn't always correlate to what you feel or what you experience around you. And then it's tough. It's, it's tough to, to keep on encouraging yourself. And then in that valley season, the, the lies and the accusations from the enemy starts coming in. And, and this was very real, different for Rieta myself. So there were different things that the enemy would um, almost like tempt me with or ex accuse me of um, than for her. So for me... One of the big themes was faith, um, and I'll touch on it a little bit later as well, but it's that question mark that will God really come through? Will God really come through? Um, and then you get other friends or people that are also trusting God, and then the testimonies start to come. There was a season at our citywide staff meetings where almost like every month someone would get pregnant, and it's like, oh, my word, can you guys just stop? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> um, it's like it's just it's a lot to be continually bombarded with other people's answered prayers when yours are not. Um, and so obviously God can, but the, the deeper question then is more can God for me? Um, like will he do it for me? And um, I'm a very realistic person. Those of you who know me 
So I'm not a buy in the sky type of person. That's not how my mind works. So I know not all prayers will be answered. Uh, we have to settle that in our hearts as well. Not everything we want on this side of eternity will get. Um, that's unfortunately not how life's going to pan out. So I'm, I'm very much aware of that. But then it's that battle of faith, like um, the, the battle for can God really do it? Um, will God really do it? And then that battle for truth for myself, um, like, is this part of God's judgment? Um, did I do something wrong? Um, and I must say, it was never, I praise God for that. There was never a space where like, ah, oh, it's my wife's fault and um, she did something wrong. Um, and I think this is where we are very self-critical on, on ourselves. Like, is it something that I've done? Is there something in my life that's not in place? Am I missing something? And therefore, this is now the judgment of God, that this is why we're not getting the, the breakthrough or the answer to prayer. Um, is God waiting for me to be better? Like, is there something that I'm missing? Um, and then every moment of weakness, because let's be honest, um, I know I'm, um, I'm definitely not a pastor, guys. So um, we went to KZN now for a, a mission, and there everybody's pastor, pastor. So for a week I was a pastor. That's enough to satisfy me for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but I'm in ministry. Um, I lead our congregation, our evening service here. Um, but I have my own faults. Um, we're not perfect. Um, and then every single moment of weakness, every area where I, where I fall back, it's almost like adding to the reason why God will delay. Um, so it's that constant place of looking unto myself to say, okay, it's because of this that God is now not going to come through. Um, and then you flip to the other side to say, okay, God, but I've done everything right now this month. Surely this month you'll come through. Um, or you get into that stupid place of if that person can pray for us. Um, luckily, Riet is um, not like not there. I have these weird moments sometimes. Um, Riet is much more straight <laughs> arrow um, than I am. Like she doesn't fall for that nonsense. Um, but sometimes you question. You like you get into that space like. Yo, Lord, are we missing something? Is there this, this golden ticket that we need to unlock so that, um, so that you'll come through for us? Um, yeah, so those are some of the things that I had to battle with. Yeah, for me, um, it was especially the first few years. Um, and that, that's part of the, the journey that we'll tell you now and what God has found in our lives. But the first few years was definitely a time where um, it felt like a roller coaster ride. So you would, well, at least I <clears throat> would put all of my faith in the next month. Okay, it's like, like this month, this is, you know, God, I trust you for this month. It's going to happen. And then you just end up being disappointed um, that month again. So it was an up, down, up, down um, roller coaster all the time. And um, yeah, that was quite exhausting. Then what happened is um, I also become quite sad. And with sadness comes depression as well. So this is just, I was just sad all the time. It's just like, okay, maybe this is never going to happen. We don't know. Um, and that did make me sad. So yeah, that it, it, was, it was quite difficult in those spaces to remain joyful at all times. Um, I was also tempted to only focus on that one thing. So even in my personal devotion time, I would, if I pray and spend time with God, it would just be this one thing the whole time. So the result of that was I was missing what else God was doing and what else he was busy with in my life because everything was about this one thing. Um, things that I also struggled with is I look up to other women and I see their lives and I think, wow, that person, and I think you relate with that as well, <clears throat> that person has got it all figured out. They, you know, they've, they really understand um, God and they just, they seem to be this perfect child of God. At least, once again, this is your perceptions. We know this is not the truth. I was um, definitely more self-righteous. Um, <laughs> I would look at other people like, they don't have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> but at least once again, from your perspective, you would compare yourself and think um, they got their blessing because they are absolutely amazing. And I know I'm not. So that's why I'm not getting this blessing. Um, what I was also seeing is that this roller coaster I was talking about was not working. Um, it was exhausting to put my faith into the next month and then be disappointed. So the result again of that was that I became a bit passive because I didn't want to get my hopes up anymore. I didn't want to go all in every month. 
And um, without realizing it, I, I took a step back and I said, okay, no, I'm, I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm waiting. Um, you're just waiting. But I didn't realize that I was actually, acti- actually actively not pursuing God anymore in that area. I was just waiting and doing nothing. Um, yeah, so I wasn't fully reliant and trust, trusting in God for a while. Yeah, so um, it's, it's tough to hope, disappoint, hope, be disappointed, hope, be disappointed. So we came to a, a position where we um, had this prayer. It's like, okay, Lord, we're okay if you say that we're not supposed to have children of our own. Um, we're okay. We understand that there's a massive orphan crisis in the world, world globally, um, and we, we want to obey you. We want to submit ourselves to you. So, yeah, it was a journey of getting there where we were willing to say, okay, Lord, yes, we have this desire, but we're willing to lay it down if this is not your will for our lives. But you need to tell us um, that we weren't willing to just walk away from a desire to say, oh, well, maybe it's not God's plan. Because those maybes don't work. Um, those maybes, they, it's, it's a, it's a cop-out. Like um, we're giving ourselves an out. Um, and if, if, if God says... Um, no, this is not my plan for your life, then he needs to tell us. Because we have this desire, um, and then we're willing to lay that desire down, but he needs, to, um, yeah, he needs to tell us. And this was about three years into the journey. Um, so in all of this, there were different scriptures. Yeah, I don't know if it's on the board, um, but the first, um, so the Lord gave us a, uh, quite a few verses to, to meditate on. There's a lot, like I said, six years is a long time, um, so I just chose a few, but the one is in Luke 11 verse 9, and it says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you, um, and basically this was encouragement from God, from God to keep on asking, don't give up, keep on asking. Um, then John 1 verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So for me specifically, this, this spoke into my areas of sadness where God says, but he is the promise. He is the light, no, um, not the result of the prayer. That's not what's going to alleviate my sadness. It's rather his light and him. That's the only thing that can drive out the sadness and this darkness from my life. Uh, sorry, there's some more. Um, <clears throat> then in Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So once again, it's God urging us to stay focused on him and to trust in him. Colossians 3 verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Yeah, I think that was also really... Um, really prominent because this is God saying, let his peace govern your heart. Don't let anything else, all the other things, don't let that rule. Let his peace rule in your life and live a life of thanks, thankfulness, prayer, and praise. Um, Then also over the span of these six years um, up till now, God has given us the same section from the Bible five times through different people that are not related to to each other, don't know each other, many of them, only one of them is in the Ever Nation group, all the others are not even in this town. (laughs) So it's really people that don't know each other or could have heard it from each other. But that is basically the the passage from Hannah and Samuel. So that, there are many infertility stories in the Bible that you all know about, but this one continuously came up, like I said, over the span of six years, five times. So it was quite significant and very specific. Yeah, so um, alongside Scripture, God also um, spoke to us through um, prophetic words and prayers and so on. Um, So there were people coming, just giving us word, encouraging us, um, offering to pray for us. Um, So, so, so many people standing with us in prayer. I was encouraged a couple of weeks back when um, I was in Johannesburg, and there was a friend of mine from Bloemfontein, um, and he was like, uh, hey, how's it going with the journey? And same result, no, we're still trusting. 
Um, and he just said that, um, yeah, so every now and then God would just bring my face to mind um, for him. And then he would just pray into this for us. Um, yeah, and it's just so encouraged. Like even, I think, two weeks ago, spoke to another friend. like, hey, friend, we're praying and we're trusting with you. And um, yeah, so that for me was really, really encouraging. Just the amount of people that's standing with us in prayer um, now. And whenever we have a, a leadership meeting, so I work for the church Okay, if you guys didn't know that. Um, and as church people, we normally have meetings where there's prayer and so on. Um, and whenever we have these leadership breakaways, um, often there's this time or opportunity where we say, guys, so we're going to trust God for some specific prayers. And um, infertility is often a topic. Um, and what we've discovered is that it's much more prominent today than it maybe was 10 years ago. Um, so, and, and now, like in the beginning phase of our journey, it was easy to say, yeah, come on guys, let's stand in prayer, faith is high, and then a year later, two years later, three years later, yeah, let's pray, five years later, six years, yeah, let's pray. Um, but now the awkward thing is, you're in this meeting, the other people in the meeting know that you are still trusting God, and they say, okay, guys, so if you are here and you're trusting God for, uh, for children, um, yeah, just raise your hand and let's pray, it's like, what do you do? I don't want to raise my hand because, I mean, I don't always have faith like, yeah, okay, well, it's been five years, so, well, we've prayed. I mean, how much more should we pray? Does God not hear? Is he deaf? <laughs> What's wrong with God? Um, but now I can't not raise my hand because everybody knows that we're trusting. So what am I now? It's like, yeah, sure, okay, let's raise our hands. Let's pray. Um, but I think there's something that we needed to learn in, in the act of humility um, that I do believe prayer works. Um, even though I don't get the answers to all of my prayers, I do believe that prayer works. That's a theological foundation in my, in my life. Um, and whenever there's an opportunity to pray or to be prayed over, um, a, a theological response is to say, yes, let's pray. Um, an emotional response is no, um, not today. So I'm thankful that I was forced, in a sense, um, to receive prayer. But it's also a good space to learn humility, um, to always allow people to pray over your life. Um, like Red said, the, the theme of Hannah and Samuel was really quite significant just in our story. Um, and it was November 2017. I was still um, on a mission trip in Europe. Um, and uh, Carol Gosman, who's from our Reimsich church in Joburg, uh, she was ministering um, at an event that we had. And afterwards, she gave a prophetic word over Red to myself. Red was privileged to receive it firsthand. I had to get a voice note. Um, but in this space, now just a disclaimer, when we do prophetic training, we train people that you don't prophesy over children, that hey, I see that you're going to get children, all right? Or direction, like I see you're moving to another nation, because you might be wrong. Um, so there's certain guidelines when we prophesy that we stick within certain guidelines. But then you do get the office of the, prophet, of the prophetic. Um, and this is where someone's prophetic gifting has been tested and tried, and it's been proven faithful. Um, and trustworthy. And uh, yeah, Pastor Carol Gosman is one of our recognized prophets in the Every Nation movement, so she's allowed to say stuff. Um, but now, the, so now we got this word, and um, she prophesies over us, and she says she doesn't know how many children, but she sees two, and um, she prophesied into the personality of the children. Um, and, and I think that was something quite special in that moment. So this was 2017, because now you've been praying and trusting God for something for a couple of years, and now someone gives a word, um, and we're human. I mean, let's all just acknowledge our flesh, all right? Um, if, if someone in church that is a, um, like a normal Christian, like all of us, and they prophesy, it's like, yeah, thank you so much, it's encouraging, but now Carol Gosman has prophesied. I mean, come on, surely now God's going to work. <laughs> um, so, but she, the moment she added um, personality, um, it was almost like we could start seeing what we're trusting for. So that was quite exciting um, for, for us. Um, forward another year, all right? <laughs> so, um, and then Pastor Carol uh, prophesied again. Um, and she... Another two years. This is 2019. Oh, sorry, yeah, you're right, two years. Yeah, you see. Um, so two years. So then she prophesied again. Um, on, on the topic of children, but this was the word, and this was really quite a, a shift 
um, for us just in how we approach the journey. But she said in the same way that Hannah wasn't trusting God for a child, but for a prophet. Um, in that same way, we're not trusting God for children, but for destinies. And that there's destinies connected to um, the children that God wants to give us. So it's, it's not about us. Um, it's not about our desire for children, even though our desire is valid and our desire is good, but it's not about us. So in that space, God allowed us to zoom out of our lives. Um, and the further you zoom out so that you can see a greater spectrum of eternity, um, your life and even your desires become quite insignificant. Now, I'm not saying that the desire is insignificant, um, but in the spectrum of eternity, it is a little bit insignificant. Um, but what God showed us is that this is not about us. Um, it's about His purposes and that He has got a plan for eternity's sake where we have a desire for this world only, right? Because we're not going to be parents in heaven. We're not going to be married in heaven. Um, that's going to be sad. Um, so, but we're not going to be parents. Same brownie points for you. <laughs> So, so we're not going to be parents in heaven. So a majority of this desire was linked towards this life, our joy to be able to have children of our own. Um, but in this, God is allowing us to zoom out and say, this is not about us. This is about him and his kingdom. And for eternity's sake, he's working something. And, and this allowed us to have a new uh, place of peace in this journey. And Red mentioned peace earlier as well, that we allow peace to govern our hearts um, there's a song that, where the words say that the peace of God is like a seed that always grows. Um, and that for me was quite significant, to have that peace um, governing our hearts. Yeah, and um, the fact that the focus shifted from the here and now to the, the, the broader picture um, really especially helped me to no longer pendulum between my absolute hope for the next month and, and, you know, putting everything out there, but to really come to a place where I started trusting God in a constant and steady manner because he did speak. He, um, like I could say, he prophesied or it was prophesied over us that, that we will have children and um, even what they will be like. Um, so it will happen. It will just happen in his time. Mm. Um, so that really, like I said, stopped me from doing this, but just... Focusing on, okay, God spoke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Isaiah 60, 22 was another verse that God just gave us. Um, it says, the least one shall become a clan and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. Um, or in its time, I will make it happen. Um, so that was a, a, quite a good theme, like almost just to sit in that scripture. Okay, Lord, in your time, because this is not us. It's not about us. It's not about our timeline this is about your timing. Um, so God spoke to us through Scripture. Um, it was confirmed through prophecy um, yeah, and just the words from people that we will have children. So that was the prayer, remember? Okay, God, we're willing to lay it down if you say it. Um, but now we've got this word of the Lord that, no, we will have children of our own. Um, and that was a really scary place for me. Um, I wasn't running around rejoicing, um, to be well, quite honest with you, um, because there was still fear. What if it doesn't happen? <laughs> um, so God has spoken, but what if, it, what if it doesn't happen? And we, and I'll, maybe I'll just say me, um, I like to keep the back door open, right? So it's almost like that space, like, okay, Lord, we're trusting you for children. You've spoken, so we're believing that you will, but even if you don't, um, you're, I'm, you're still good. Um, so I still believe in you. I'll still trust you. Um, I'll still serve you. So yes, you've spoken and you said we'll have children, but even if we don't, um, you're still God and I'm okay with that. But, and it sounds holy, right? Like, wow, come on, such a mature Christian. Uh, no, I was, um, uh, I was actually just giving myself a back door. Um, and it wasn't so much about God. Um, it was more for me. So um, if I'm saying, God, I'm trusting you, but even if you don't, it's okay. Like um, I'm keeping that back door open um, and it's more to protect my own heart. Um, it's not so much about God. It's more about protecting my own heart from being disappointed again or to be discouraged again. And what if it doesn't happen? Now we're proclaiming because um, the moment you say something publicly, it's out there, right? 
Um, and now what if it doesn't happen? Then you look like a fool, like, oh, where's God now? Um, so all of those insecurities and fears came in, um, and it, it just basically exposed that I wasn't necessarily ready to be all in, um, but to, to step into that space, and this was the challenge and the battle for me, to step into that space and to say, Lord, you have spoken. You've given us a confirmation from Scripture. You've given us a confirmation from prophetic utterances. Um, and you are not a liar. Your word will not return void. Your promises will not remain unanswered. Um, and I choose to believe you. Um, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a, a big step for me. Yeah, I, um, I think for me it was a little bit a case of, okay, so God spoke, and I didn't doubt that. And like I just said, it, it um, stopped me from penduluming the whole time. Um, remember that that also sometimes leads to anger, if I can just say that. If you really put everything out there and you don't get what you want, you're not only disappointed, but you can become angry as well. Um, but God has shown himself to be faithful in the past. If we just look at the entire Bible, is full of stories about God being faithful. In our lives, God has proven himself to be faithful. Um, so I didn't doubt that. I didn't doubt the, the words that he started three years before that already to start preparing us. Remember I said he encouraged us to keep on asking. He said keep on asking. So we did. Um, we even received from various other people that scripture that talk about um, petitioning. And petitioning means keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. Um, so I knew that God's character is good and that what he says, he will do that. Um, like Yako said, he is not a man to lie. His words will not return void. Um, so, yeah, I just put my, all of my faith and my trust in that. Not, once again, not in the end result not in what we're trusting him for, but for who he is. Mm. Yeah, and I must say, I'm so thankful for that. So I never came out saying, hey, I'm not sure yet, uh, still, if, um, if God really promised, you know. So, but I tested the water. Um, like you have these subtle hints that you throw out, and the rate was just firm every single time that there was just no doubt. Like, no, God has spoken. So it's not a matter of if, it's just when. Um, so whenever. And how. Yeah, um, and so whenever my faith started to drift, um, her faith was a very real anchor um, that, yeah, just got a stability. And I think something that Red mentioned as well is to believe that what God has spoken in his word is true. Um, and I think for us as a, a church to really be a people that actually believe the word of God to be true, that when we open up our Bibles, we actually believe that what we're reading is, is true. Um, it's not just fiction. Um, yeah, and then obviously now um, God has spoken and there's the, the second prophetic word. And now it's, that was 2019, right? More time passes. <laughs> okay, so obviously we are still waiting. Uh, this is 2019. We're still waiting for the promise. Um, but the, the way that we are waiting has changed. And I must say we were more at peace but some days were still hard. It was not like, okay, we've now received all these words and everything is hunky-dory and we must just believe. There were some days that were really hard. Like I said, we're not getting younger. You're still confronted with, um, with the emotions and the feelings around this. Um, and what has changed is something, something in our hearts settled. And that's why I'm saying the way we were waiting changed. Um, then what happened to me as well is the Lord led me um, even deeper into the story of Hannah because it has been so significant. We've read it a few times, but when I read it again, um, the section that really stood out for me is where Hannah went up to the temple and after she prayed, Eli told her to go in peace and that God will grant her her wish. And then it says she ate and her face was no longer sad. And I must say that... I almost want to get emotional. Um, that was so significant for me in my life because of the, the, the real sadness that you face in these times. But God says, go away, don't be sad. Um, wipe that sadness off your face and find, find your joy in him. Yeah, and I, I must say, like, part of that journey for me was, um, so as a man... 
where you're tasked with leading your household, etc., etc. Um, when when Riet would face moments of sadness, then everything else in life would add to the sadness. Um, like when there's a disappointment at work, it would add to to the, to the sadness, and you feel so incapable. Uh, I can't change anything. I can't do something to make it better. Um, I can bring a tissue. <laughs> um, but you feel so powerless um, in, in some of those moments. Um, something that we're really thankful for is that even though we were in this journey, um, we, we were always able to share in other people's joy. Um, so whenever there was other people celebrating that they've, that they've fallen pregnant, um, that joy to celebrate with people was always sincere and real. Um, even though in those moments you are again reminded of something you don't yet have and you might fight, face a sadness or a discouragement or a disappointment, but there was never an anger or a resentment um, towards other people in, in their joy. And just in my own family, my eldest sister has four children. My younger sister has a son and they're pregnant again now. Um, and it's almost like my heavies just shouldn't look too long at my sisters because then it's like, wait. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's just like <laughs> when you hear, it's like, well, there's another one. Um, so, um, yeah, but I think something that I'm so appreciative of is God's faithfulness in reassuring us over and over again that in those times when our hearts would start to drift, God would send scripture, God would send people just to encourage again. And God's timing was always just in time. Um, yeah, that was incredible. And then um, we, we also basically made effort to go deeper into the scriptures that God has given us, like Red mentioned earlier, um, studying the stories, um, finding the deeper truths. Like it's sometimes you can read a story, it's like, oh yeah, okay, cool, this is what it says. But there's so much more to the story, um, like even in the example that Red shared about mm -hmm. Hannah. But to get into the Word of God and to allow the Word of God to be formed in us um, and then... Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Um, so as we devoted ourselves to the, to the study of God's Word, there was a deeper level of faith that, that God has, has called us to. Um, yeah, you want to touch on that? Yeah, um, so, so Hannah was not the only section that God um, led us to in this time. It was also um, the... I look back at my journal while preparing for this today... Um, and I, I didn't realize it before, but when I went into it and, and I noticed the amount of times I wrote down the um, story from the woman that touched Jesus' garment and when she received healing, um, then I realized that actually came up so many times as well. Um, and that just, for me, and this, God even gave me the scripture uh, two months ago again, um, he, he just encouraged me to have faith and to have faith like that woman. Had. She, had, she didn't have reservations. She didn't hold back. She really believed, but God is able. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that is another theme that, that actually came up quite a lot. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier, in the valley, the things that you are challenged with is what you believe about yourself and what you believe about God. Um, but as you are in this process and you trust God, you journey with God, those are also the things that he starts to redeem, um, your identity, that there are certain things, insecurities in our lives, um, things that the enemy would accuse you of from your past, um, that God would start to redeem um, and solidify your identity, um, solidify what I believe about God. Um, yeah, so there's, there's those riches that we get to get from the scriptures, we get to get from the valley as our revelation about who God is, that he is really a loving father, that I am really a son of God. All of those things move just deeper into, into your heart. Um, some practical steps that we took, and maybe this can be helpful for you as well. We didn't time this talk, FYI. Um, so I don't know how long this is going to be. So yeah, just sit patiently. Um, let us know if you need to have a, a coffee break. <laughs> but um, uh, practical steps to anchor our faith was prayer. Um, prayer was definitely a big theme um, for us to pray together. Um, and even in that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful because that led to us actually praying together a lot more. Um, a couple of scriptures 
was just Philippians 4 verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the scripture goes on to say, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts hearts, <laughs> and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, yeah, and then 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, to believe and to give thanks in everything. Um, and that was, we, didn't, we don't have to give thanks to God because you've received what you've prayed for. We get to give thanks to God because He's God. Uh, we get to praise Him because He's God. Yeah, and on that point, um, so praise is actually the entry point for God, um, for His will to be done in your life. So if you align yourself with that and you just praise Him for who He is, His will can actually be done and He can do whatever He wants to do in your life. Mm. Um, but you need to position yourself in that place. Mm. Yeah, um, and Red mentioned it as well earlier, that, that whole concept of keep on asking. Um, James 4 that says, um, you have not because you ask not. Um, so that concept of keep on asking in prayer. Um, the second one was Scripture to really get into Scripture, to devote ourselves to reading and studying the Word of God. Um, worship and praise was also a thing. Um, I would have songs that would stir in my heart, and then I created a shared playlist with uh, for us. Um, and then whenever I would find a new song that I felt like, yeah, this really speaks to us, I would like WhatsApp us, like, hey, did you listen to that song I shared on the playlist? Um, and that was a big thing, and I want to almost like um, encourage us and implore us, we need to fight for that place of worship and devotion because your flesh doesn't want to. Um, if you get a disappointment, your flesh does not want to praise God. Your flesh does not want to go to the Word of God. Your flesh wants to go to fleshly things. Um, you, you might be tempted to just drown your sorrows in alcohol or binge-watching series because that numbs our senses. Um, so that I don't have to deal with a reality. Um, but we have to train our flesh um, for godliness, as Peter writes. So you have, we have to fight for that place of praise and worship and devotion. Um, and, and those moments with God are not just about asking Him for things over and over. It's about praising God just because He's worthy. He's God. He's worthy of our lives. Whether He ever does anything for us ever again, He's still worthy of all of our devotion. Um, yeah, and there's a song. I won't read the whole song. Um, um, the name of the song is You're Beautiful. We, we sang it or worshipped on it in our pre-service prayer meeting. Um, but there's this part of fixing our eyes, fixing our gaze on God, fixing our gaze on Jesus. Um, and then just that declaration, Lord, you're beautiful. Um, but if we're fixated on the things we don't have or the things we still want, or we're fixated on ourselves, you won't be able to utter that with a true and sincere heart. Um, um, and maybe in the beginning, I'm singing these songs, but I don't really mean them yet. I'll sing them till I mean them. Um, there's the, the last verse there says, when we arrive at eternity's shore, and remember that whole concept of eternity, when we arrive at eternity's shore, where death is just a memory and tears are no more, we'll enter in as the wedding bells ring, your bride will come together and we'll sing. You're beautiful. That's, there's a final hope. There's a final end to the story where we get to see Jesus face to face. Um, and uh, from this, there was a fixed hope that God established in, in our lives. Um, part of it was it's, it's not about us. Um, it's definitely not about us. Um, meaning we don't have to look to ourselves to unlock God's promises. And that's important. I'm not relying on my own good works, but I'm also not disqualifying God's promises because of, because of my bad works. Um, it's God's promise, not our own. God's, God will fulfill His, His promise. Uh, we don't have to be strive. We don't have to be sad. And that valley doesn't have to be a place of torment. It doesn't have to be a place of accusation. It doesn't have to be a place of fear and hopelessness. Um, but don't waste the valley. And I think that's something that we're grateful for um, don't waste whatever valley you might find yourself in. Don't waste your valley. Um, don't try and exit your valley. Don't try and find a shortcut through your valley. Um, don't despise the valley. Um, like yeah, there's, You might be in a valley um, imposed on you by someone else's actions. Keep your heart from resentment and unforgiveness um, because then you'll miss what God has got prepared for you in the valley. God is still sovereign, right? He could have stopped it. Um, so he's allowing us to be in places of valleys. Don't resent the valley. 
Um, don't wish the valley away, but seek God in the valley. Learn to trust Him in the valley. And what happens then is we learn to be dependent on God. That's important. We learn to be dependent on God. We grow spiritually, definitely. We learn perseverance. Um, friends, we live in a fast food culture. Okay, whom of you do, uh, drive, do drive through takeaway sometimes? Expose yourself. <laughs> You're proud about it. I see it. <laughs> no? How dare they take long to give you your takeaway meal at the counter? I mean, huh? how dare they? We want stuff and we want it yesterday. <laughs> um, and we're the same with our faith. Uh, we are not able to endure. Um, and those who endure to the end will be saved, Jesus says. Jesus also says that in the end, many will fall away. So learning perseverance, learning endurance is critical to your eternity. Um, and we deepen our intimacy with each other, but definitely with God. Um, we get to deepen our intimacy with God. Um, yeah, I don't want to touch. We don't have to touch on this. I'll read the last scripture. Um, I think it's the last one. Second uh, Corinthians 4. Um, oh, wait, no, I need to read it. Sorry, guys. Like I said, we didn't plan the timing, but I, I made a note. So those are those notes. are like, Yaku, you've got to say this. Um, so James 1, 2, 2, 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let persever perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Um, you do not have to remain immature in your faith. You do not have to be thrown this way and that way by everything that happens around you, where you are this emotional roller coaster. That whenever things don't work out the way you want them to work out, you have this fight or flight response over your life. Then you disappear from church or you go back into all of your old habits um, and all of the, the sins you used to have victory over just come back because something didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. You get to mature. Um, and that's the promise because apart from maturity, you can have the thing you've prayed for and still lack. It says you will be, you, that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. So you, you, can be, you can not lack anything but still wait for your promise. You can have what you've prayed for and still lack. Second Corinthians 4 um, and this is what Harry spoke about last week as well. We have this treasure in jars of clay showing that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. This um, pinkish highlighters here, that means you want to say something. <laughs> <laughs> it just means that, um, especially last week when Harry... Ari shared on this verse, um, that really stood out for me because a lot of times in this valley when you are there, you feel like this is so overwhelming, it's going to crush me. But the word of God says you will not be crushed, you will not be destroyed. Um, yeah, and I mean, that was for me so encouraging because God says, yes, you will go through tough times, you will be refined, but there's hope. Mm. It's not the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And then Again, that eternal perspective, and you're going to be challenged with it over and over and over again because God is always working in light of eternity. Everything that He's doing or not doing in your life is because He's thinking about eternity. Um, so this promise of God is not about us. It's about Him. Um, and God has got a timeline for His promise. And we can try and do things and hasten the timeline. God is patient. <laughs> He's not in a hurry. He's got a plan. Um, yeah, so uh, to, to give almost like a type of a summary of, yeah, just our story um, of trusting God in the valley. The, the, the one is His Word. Do not forsake His Word. Um, church, if you are not going to devote yourself to the Word of God and to prayer, um, you will not grow spiritually um, and the valleys will overwhelm you. 
It's not a doomsday message. It's just the truth. If you jump off a building, you will fall. That's just how it works. Um, so his word, devote yourself to, to his word, pray. Um, if you don't know how to pray, learn how to pray. We have prayer meetings Wednesday mornings, Friday mornings, Sundays before the service. Um, if you do not know how to pray, you need to learn how to pray um, and to persist in prayer. Praise him in the valley. Um, again, that's something that you learn. You discipline yourself. Um, you sing songs of praise until your emotions change. You seek him, to seek his character, um, trusting that he is good, trusting that he has a plan, trusting that he has a purpose for the valley, trusting that um, God's purpose is good, um, and trusting that there's deeper revelation of God's character waiting for you to be discovered as you trust him. Um, and, and this is important, that the goal is not for you to be happy or even to receive the promise. That's not the goal. Uh, the goal is Jesus. The goal is God himself. Um, and this waiting season is not passive. Um, so we don't waste it by just doing nothing, that we, we are faithful with what God has given us, that he's given you um, work. Okay? If you have a job, that is something that God has entrusted to, your, to you to steward well. Work as if unto the Lord. He's given friendships and relationships to you. Steward them well. Um, do not neglect those relationships while you are waiting. And then God has given us a mission. God has given us a mission. He's made us co-heirs to the kingdom of God and has called us to partner with Him in seeing the ends of the earth reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so in the valley, um, participate in God's mission. Um, yeah, and then some practical tips maybe just for, um, for the church, people in general, um, as to how to approach uh, that awkward topic of, hey, do you have children yet? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, so I think I want to give us as a church some advice. Um, and it, you might not be in the situation, but you might know someone in the situation or you just met someone. And like I said in the beginning, it was hard if people you don't know just ask you these questions. So I want to, my advice to you would be, if you, if you meet someone for the first time and, or you are trying to get to know someone a little bit better, don't go there as a default. Um, you don't know where that person is. So don't ask them, oh, and, you know, when is number two coming? Um, are you guys, do you want children? Um, I'm not saying walk on eggshells, but just be wise in the way you, you approach this, this topic. Um, you can ask people many other questions that's not related to that. Um, so rather start there and get to know someone a little bit better that way. Um, and then advice for those of you who are in this valley that, that can relate with our situation. Um, I've just given you advice, but once you go out these doors, you will meet 20 other people that will still ask you. They will still bombard you with these questions all the time. Um, and what I've had to learn is, is to already pre-forgive people. I can anticipate that they will ask me. But I've decided in my heart not to take offense and to say, you know what, um, I know you're going to ask. <laughs> so I have a default answer ready as well. Um, and I also, I don't take offense anymore. I used to. It was hard, but I don't do that anymore because I know people are just, like I said in the beginning, they are just interested. Um, and then continue taking a genuine interest in the, in the um, people around you that do have children even if you can't relate to that, participate with them. Um, be happy with them when their children achieve this or do that or just enjoy them. Um, then you will actually, you will enjoy it because they enjoy it with you. Um, and then don't harden your heart. It's so, because it's such a sensitive topic, you can easily harden your heart. But I really want to implore you to, to, to let God con um, work in your life and continue being humble. Then... Choose also to be vulnerable. You can't do it alone. So choose a few people in your life that you can really share this with and that you can journey with. And then keep on humbling yourself in prayer. So like, like we said, we had to get up many times, even though we were tired. Um, but just keep on doing that and reacting to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in these situations. Um, then also another thing that people will tell you is... Um, you know what? It will happen when you don't think about it. Um, 
But that is the most unrealistic, impractical thing I've ever heard because you have a brain, you will think about it many times. So the advice around that is just, it has to do with what you do when you think about it. Um, and in those moments, it's an opportunity to renew your trust in God, to say, yes, God, I still believe, I still ask, I know you are good, and just declare God's goodness in that way. Um, and then allow God's refining work in your life. So once again, we're sharing our story, and it's a, as you can hear, <laughs> it's a long story, um, but it's not really about the end result or what we are hoping for. It's really about what else God is doing, and you have to participate in that. You have to allow him to refine you and work out all the other stuff in your life. Take out... Um, Take out all the crap. I really want to say it like that. Because, we, we don't say crap in church. Yeah, no. well, I just did. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so participate in that. And in the beginning where I only focused on that one thing, um, God really had to show me also to, to focus on other things and to, to, yeah, to, to take part in that journey, like I'm saying, as well. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, we... We, we decided to share um, just part of the journey um, as from what it's like within the valley um, and all of the things that God has taught us and what we've had to learn about ourselves and about God um, just yeah, over the past couple of years um, that we're really deeply thankful for. That, that I must say that there's this, um, the peace that we got to learn in this scenario um, spills over into every other scenario. Um, and that's great because um, the, the peace of God is the seed that always grows. Um, so now other stuff in life can happen. It's like, nah, in light of eternity, pff, that's nothing. <laughs> um, so it's like this, this concept of in light of eternity, we get to, yeah, we get to live lives that look different. Um, so, um, but um, we do want to share um, that um, we are eight weeks pregnant. Now, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, so, um, like I said, we, we, we're not sharing the story from the other side of the valley. Um, like, yeah, it's still very fresh, obviously. Um, we, we got to hear the heartbeat last week for the first time, which was special. And um, uh, some people might say it's stupid to share this publicly on eight weeks. Um, but this is not just our story. So you can continue to pray, obviously, with us. Um, yeah, but we're, we're in awe of God's goodness. We're in awe of God's faithfulness. Um, yeah, it's really been an incredible um, time. Ach, it's okay. <laughs> Um, the, the simple iPad unlocked again. Um, give me that one quickly. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, we're thankful. We're thankful for what God has done, but almost just to bring it back to, to the story and what we had meant, spoke about with the refining. Um, there's a much deeper work that God has done in our lives over the past six and a half years um, that is much deeper than the answer to prayer. Um, because the prayer is, the, yeah, the answer to prayer is not the breakthrough, if I can say that. That there's a spiritual breakthrough um, that we could walk in before we receive the good news. Um, when we decided to share about the story, obviously it was months ago before we re received the good news. Um, it was cute when I got home the one night from, I think, it was it Connect Group or something? Um, and I got home. Oh, we had the booties with the boys. Some of you were there. That was a lack of time. All right. So that was the night when um, I found out for the first time. So I got home and then Red's like, so don't you want to eat something? It's like, no, we had booties with the boys. I'm, I'm fine. Don't you want to have coffee? No, I've had too much coffee already today. It's like, <laughs> and she's like, okay, will you make me coffee? I'm like, oh, fine. And then when I opened the, the cutlery drawer, it was stuck and I had to remove it by force. Um, and then there was this little baby grow with a, a pregnancy testing imaging. And um, yeah, you're in that moment like, 
really? <laughs> really? Um, yeah, so then we've had multiple tests in between, um, and then the heartbeat last week. Was it last week? Sure. Oh, last week, Thursday. Anyway, um, but, um, and, and um, yeah, I'll say this, and then we're going to, yeah, we're going to respond tonight just in worship, and I don't know how many songs we'll get to here. Um, you guys get to stay as long as you want in God's presence. Um, but the children are a blessing. Obviously, the Bible says so, right? But children are not God. Um, and, and I'm thankful that there's deep stuff that we were able to learn in this valley um, because children cannot replace God. Um, yeah, they cannot give what only God can give. And we can fall into the trap of worshiping the promise, idolizing the promise. Um, and then you think that if I get this thing that I'm praying for, whatever it might be in your life, then life will be great. Um, that thing is not God. That thing cannot replace God in your life. Um, and, yeah, and, and we need to be just weary of that, that we need to look beyond the promise to the one who is the promise giver, um, because only God can be God in your life. Um, yeah, there's something you want to share? Nothing. Yeah, so embrace the refining work um, of God. So I'm going to um, uh, ask the band to come up. Um, and the, the song we're going to be just worshiping on, and you don't have to stand for this, you can sit if you want, um, is, uh, it's called Refiner's Fire. And um, as the band is just going to be ministering the song, um, I want us just to reflect just on our own lives, um, that wherever you find yourself, are you in that space where God is able to do the refining work? Is He able um, to accomplish His purposes and His will. Um, yeah, and just allow God to, to minister to you just in this moment. Um, but we praise God. <laughs> Amen.